0: what? Vancouver, pregame, post-game, every game presented by Bodog from Sports Odds to Free Casino Games. Make a play at Bodog.net. Wadden and JPAT here with you once again, off-season edition of the pod. And we're gonna do what we've been doing the last couple of days to kick things off here, JPAT, the draft lottery simulator. It's your day to do it. I can tell you this. Yesterday, after I did my spin, and of course, after my spin, the Canucks ended up in 11th place, just like yours did on Monday, I decided to see how many times it'll take me to get to the Vancouver Canucks. It took me 42 spins of the wheel. So Big big Tuesday for you. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's what Wadden does on his days in between shows. Uh, So spin that wheel, my friend. Hopefully you have better luck than I did, and hopefully you have better luck than we both did over the last couple
1: days. All right. Uh, Again, using tankathon.com. Here we go. Hitting the button now as uh, the lottery balls bounce around. And Conor Bedard's going to California, but he's not going to Anaheim. Ooh, San Jose. The San Jose Sharks jumped three spots to take the first selection. They had 9.5% odds. And the Sharks, man, could they use uh, an injection of of a player like that? I mean, every team could, obviously, but San Jose has been down the dumps and Uh, An aging team led by Eric Carlson. Oh, that power play is going to (laughs) be Carlson and Bedard whipping it around there. So San Jose, Chicago, and Anaheim are your top three. So the Ducks drop a couple and uh, can't imagine that they'd be thrilled if this is in fact the way it all went down with their California cousin landing the top spot. But uh, the Canucks... Uh, not affected by what happens at the top of this simulator. Uh, so they will remain with the 11th overall selection.
0: All right. So there you go, folks. We've done this three days in a row now, and all three days they've fallen into the spot where we expect them to be. in three different, three different winners, though. Yes. Right? Yes, Washington on the first day, which is crazy. What's their, uh, I'm, what do they got, like 4%? Eight.
1: Yeah, 6%.
0: Yeah, 6%. Washington, so they had Washington uh, first on Monday and then Columbus yesterday uh, and then San Jose today. So there you go. Maybe keep hope alive, sort of, because <laughs> of that, but I don't know. <laughs> All right. uh, Big news was uh, at least with the Canucks yesterday was the some people thinking that Elias Pettersson got snubbed because the Selkie Trophy finalists were announced. Patrice Bergeron. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Nico Heischer from the Devils and Mitch Marner from the Maple Leafs are the finals finalists. That is now you wrote a column on the hockey news breaking down how you don't see a snub here for Elias Pettersson. And I'd like you to to explain it to the listeners.
1: Yeah. And look, we're uh, catering to Canuck fans. So I understand if people uh, are a little jaded and think that, uh, yeah, the fix was in. And, you know, look, Elias Pettersson's an incredible player. He's a Vancouver Canuck. Uh, be excited about that. He's a really good defensive player, a really good two way player. He's just not one of the three best defensive players in the National Hockey League this season. So there is no snub. Let's get that out of the way right here, right now. Bergeron, as you said, 12th straight finalist for this award. Unbelievable. He's won it five times. Uh, This may be the final time for him. He's a prohibitive favorite. And it's not just sentimentality either. Patrice Bergeron won 61% of his face-offs this year. He was on the ice for 27 even-strength goals against. All season. All season, 27 even-strength goals against. Led the Bruins with an individual course of 59.7%. And oh, yeah, was a huge part of the Bruins having the best penalty kill in the National Hockey League. Penalty kill is going to be a theme through uh, this little segment here. Yeah. Nico Heischer, and I thought this was wild in the uh, NHL press release yesterday, he'd be the first ever number one overall draft pick to ever win the Selkie. Like, you think, I mean, we're talking about the best player in each draft class. Like, I would have thought that somewhere along the line, you know, a two way bandit would have been uh, in the mix there, but no, apparently no, I guess first overalls like all offense and <laughs> maybe not enough defense, uh, whatever the case. So there's that again. I'm not expecting that Heisher sure is going to win, but if you're wondering why Nico Heisher and he was the first overall pick in, in Pedersen's draft class. So these guys are like peers on a lot of levels. Yeah. Um, he set devil franchise records for faceoffs taken and faceoffs won. He led all Devils forwards in shorthanded ice time. New Jersey had the fourth best penalty kill in the National Hockey League. He led his team with 64 takeaways. And when uh, at even strength or five on five, the Devils outscored opponents 61-39. So uh, basically controlled 61%. I mean, that adds up to 100. 61% of the even strength goals scored uh, were by the Devils when he sure was out there on the ice. So... Uh, That gives you a pretty good sense that uh, spending a lot more time in the offensive zone and getting it done uh, offensively. And then you come to Mitch Marner, who's a winger, not a setter. And that's a little bit unconventional for the Selkie. But again, Marner's uh, secret sauce this season led the league in takeaways with 104, just the seventh forward since the NHL started tracking takeaways to crest the 100 takeaway mark. So doing things that not many other guys have done over the course of of their careers, 13th among all NHL forwards in shorthanded ice time, and the Leafs' penalty kill was 4th in the National Hockey League. So the Bruins were 1, the Devils were 3, the Leafs were 4, the Canucks? Where were they, remind me? Way down the list, yeah, Jay Patton. Exactly. <laughs> Just keep scrolling. You'll right, so the Canucks don't make the playoffs, and their penalty kill is yeah. dead last in the NHL. Now... It's not all on Elias Pettersson, but certainly guilty by association. And I just don't think voters are going to be able to overlook that. And clearly they didn't because the finalists are out here. So, yeah, the piece that I wrote at thehockeynews.com was, all right, well, where does Elias Pettersson stack up then if he's not a finalist? And we won't know until the awards show in Nashville the week of the draft in June. Uh, The professional hockey writers will release all of the votes and we'll get a sense. Like, Pettersson may have been fourth for all we know. We just don't know at this point. He may be ten. He may not be anywhere, but you know the top three vote getters are your finalists. So that much we know for sure. Now, Elias Petterson maybe the biggest knock on him and an area that he is—if he's going to take on matchups—if he's going to be a true number one—is the face-off circle. Forty-four point three percent on the draw. Yeah, just like think of how many matchup face-offs Bo Horvat took until he was traded. Right, like that was Bo's domain. Uh, Pedersen was an afterthought when it came to guys taking key faceoffs. So that's certainly an area. Now, he didn't even lead the Canucks in takeaways this year. Where Marner led the league, uh, Elias Pedersen was tied for second on the team. He had 56 takeaways. So, you know, he backjacks, he hounds guys, but ultimately, does he pick their pocket? I suppose not to the level that Mitch Marner was able to, to take pucks away from opponents and actually get takeaways tracked uh, you know, on the stat sheet. Pedersen was second on the Canucks and first among forwards on the penalty kill in terms of ice time. So he was involved and we saw that he brought that power kill element. I mean, he and JT Miller ended up tied for the league lead in shorthanded goals and shorthanded points. So, again, Pedersen shows signs of being a a really good penalty killer. But he was on a team that was dead last. And so, uh, you know, it just wasn't going to happen for him. And then when you look at uh, goal differential and even strength, the Canucks as a team, were outscored by 23 this year, five on five. With Pedersen on the ice, the Canucks outscored opponents by 12. So it gives you a sense of, you know, when he was up there, the ice was tilted in the right direction, but still outscoring opponents by 12 at evens compared to Heischer, who was, you know, by 22 and Marner was more than that. And again, Bergeron, 18 five on five goals all season long. So, You know, not a knock on Elias Pedersen, not a slight. I think he's trending in the right directions. He does a lot of things uh, that you would want from a Selkie candidate and a Selkie finalist. And I also think it's important to note, like, this is one of those awards. And I think back to Ryan Kessler, like, there's a progression involved. I think you have to get some votes. And then you get notoriety and maybe people around the league take note, like, okay, for next year, like, I should be watching. You know, Pedersen's kind of creeping up there. And then maybe you work your way to being a finalist, and then ultimately, if you continue to progress in the right direction, at some point, maybe you become a Selkie winner. But uh, like all these awards, I mean, you're dealing with the best of the best in the National Hockey League. There's no shame. If Elias Pettersson is one of the top 10 defensive forwards in the NHL, that's pretty damn good. It's just that he is not one of the three best defensive forwards in the NHL this season. So yeah, no snub, no slight, no issues game on carry on and
0: they they do say that you kind of have to be um one of the nominees before you can win it yep but i kind of argue that because as i'm I, ha- I have the list in front of me all, all the winners the runner-up and the finalists and it looks like uh barkoff when he won it in 21 i believe that was his first yeah nomination as well so you know i guess there are exceptions to every rule yeah I'm just thinking because, you know, with the Patterson stuff, you know, oh, we gotta wait your turn, which is bullshit. I think that's so stupid. But um this is Marner's first nominee as well as Heesher's um and then the last winger to win it was Yeri Letnin. Back in 2003, so it's been 20 years since a winger has won it. Now there's been wingers that have been nominated, are uh, nominated. That is in, in terms of uh, Mark Stone, he's uh, been nominated a couple times. He was the runner-up in uh, 2019 when Ryan O'Reilly won it. So, yeah, I, I like how you broke it down though. That make that really simplifies it for Canuck fans who because. You know, right away you want to go, no, that's our guy. Like, and look exactly. at how good he is, like, defensively. And, and you've heard me. I have drawn the comparison to Mitch Marner yep. many times. Yes, you have. Because yep. the takeaways, Mitch Marner is fantastic at the takeaways. And you broke it down there. Like, he's one of seven guys to crest a hundred in a season, at least since they, they started tracking that stat. Like, to, to hear PD's almost like half of what Marner like that sort of shows you as well so but yes he's very much trending in that direction so we asked this poll question today and we just put it out so it's low in terms of votes right now but we asked who will be the next Canucks player to win a major individual NHL award Pedersen, Hughes, Demko or we asked other now right now nobody's voting other Pedersen has got 51% of the vote right now where would you go with this one though because I'm not gonna go Petey but I want to hear where you go first.
1: Connor Bedard, rookie of the year. <laughs> um, wouldn't that be something? I think with the volatility from season to season that goaltending, I I think Thatcher Demko is probably my my guy there. Um, you know, the team has to get better in front of him, obviously, but you know, he got Vesna votes last year. This was an off year, he won't. Uh, but he showed his form down the stretch. I do think it's possible that Thatcher Demko in the next couple of seasons could elevate his game to the level that he's in Vesna consideration. Now, there are a lot of good goaltenders around the NHL, but as as we see, like, from year to year, and we've used Jacob Markstrom as an example, you know, a guy can have it one year and not the next, and maybe that opens a, a lane for a guy like Petters, or for, for Thatcher Demko. So, uh, as much as I like Quinn Hughes, I, I think I've been pretty consistent on this, that there are, it's just this golden age of young defensemen, and uh, you know, he could have a whole bunch of really good years, but he may never have that one year that puts him over the top among his peers. And that's, again, not a knock. If you have the third best defenseman in the NHL for a decade, uh you're probably all right with that. It's just he yeah. may never get to uh, the top of the mountain when it comes to the Norris in a single season. Yeah, I'm with you as well.
0: I think Thatcher Demko has the best shot at uh, being able to win an individual award uh, just for everything you just said there with Hughes. There's just so many good defensemen in the league. And then, yeah, PD. it's like, again, what are you going to win? The Hart, the Selkie, those are very hard trophies to win. I think that uh, Demko has a shot. At the same time, too, though, like teams on lo- or goaltenders on losing teams don't win this award. Right. So the Canucks are gonna to have to improve. And of yep. course, that would be off the back of Thatcher Demko if they were able to do that. So uh, yeah, cast your vote at RinkWide Van over on Twitter. All right, another Canuck is headed to Finland/slash Latvia for the World Hockey Championship. It's Tyler Myers, and he's gonna join Ethan Baer on Team Canada's blue line. Connor Garland is gonna play for the United States. The tournament opens on May twelfth. What's interesting right now is that uh, you know, again, we're what? Uh, nine days away from the
1: tournament opening, and Canada still hasn't released its full roster yet. This is wild to me. Like, I can't, and uh, sorry, I don't have a wall chart, haven't been doing this, you know, annually, but I can never remember uh, Canada, Hockey Canada, getting this close to the tournament. Like, they're playing pre-tournament games in Hungary on the ninth. It's the 3rd as we record this, and they haven't released a roster. Like So I don't know if that tells you how difficult it is to convince guys if, They've got some that were eliminated in the first round that are sitting on the fence and they're waiting for uh, some confirmations. But like the traveling party's got to get going here uh, and get overseas and get on, you know, body clocks and times and time zones and those types. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because to me, uh, forget the players that have committed. It's just this idea that right now, like, what do they have? Eight or nine guys? You <laughs> like, can't run a, a roster, uh, a tournament with that. But I haven't even seen, like, USA Hockey, I don't think, has released a full roster either. So uh, not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, but here's my take. When I saw Tyler Myers, I thought, all right, interesting. Tyler Myers on big ice. That'll be interesting. He has played at the World Championships before, played in the World Juniors as well. So he has some international experience. But for all the talk in this market about uh, the one year left on his contract and the bonus that has to be paid out and all those types of things. How about this? Canada's head coach. Is Andre Tournier of the Arizona no, Coyotes? Oh, there you go. His assistant coach is DJ Smith of the Ottawa Senators. Remember, Myers was late that to the stand? Great. Yeah. What if the Chaos Giraffe goes overseas, goes on a world tour, and puts on a show that these two coaches come home well, and goodness. go to their general managers and we've we got to get guy. this guy? <laughs> This could be the greatest thing that ever happens to the Vancouver <laughs> I Canucks. It.
0: I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Is Hamannick still with the... He is still, he right? Is, oh, yeah. no. He's UFA, though, after that oh, for him. Right. So but he, I, he yeah.
1: expressed an interest. He wanted to come back. Apparently, there he might there, and he wanted to go back. So, yeah. Uh, it is interesting, though, the, the way you frame that. I mean, two Canucks. We know the issues I the know. Canucks had, <laughs> and there's two-thirds of Canada's right yeah. side on the defense on big ice should they be worried
0: yeah (laughs) we saw that the way the Canucks D was this year but uh yeah I mean I don't know like to me some people say well after the grind of an NHL season like guys just want to rest but like I I mean you're going to Finland and Latvia it's like a nice little vacation oh yeah and you get to play some hockey as well like I I to me if I was a player and my season ended without playoffs I would definitely consider that I think it'd be a good time plus you're going to be working out anyway
1: yeah, why not, I mean, why not so, play live games? We know that a lot of guys are nursing injuries. Uh, there's you know, that. And sure. so there's that yeah. element. There's yeah. the ones that are without contracts that just can't afford the risk of getting hurt there. Uh I saw Dolly Wall saying, like Troy Sketcher was asked. Remember, he went, he was a star a couple of years ago for That's Canada, great. but he's without a contract. And and you just, you know, how many more contracts is he gonna have in the NHL? Um, you know, you gotta protect the asset there. So I get that. Uh, and he's been there and done that. The other thing too is, uh, and this kind of sucks that You know, without the certainty that NHLers are going to play in the Olympics, like, I do think that there was this leverage point that the associations and the federations had for some of these younger players to say, like, hey, if you want to be on the Olympic radar, you know, best case for you is to put your best foot forward at the Worlds, uh, get into the Hockey Canada funnel here. Uh, But they don't have that Olympic carrot to sort of dangle because we just don't know. What's going to happen in that regard? And that, uh, that's a little bit unfortunate. I do wonder if that is part of, you know, where we are that, uh, it's just, it's tougher to get guys to commit. And, you know, with all due respect, I've never been to Latvia, never been to Finland. In fact, uh, been to Sweden, but, um, you know, I don't know if guys look on the map and just think like, man, Latvia, like that feels like, uh, and it kind of is halfway around the world. Um, but anywhere in Europe is going to require heavy travel. So I don't know if it would be any better if the tournament was in Switzerland or, you know, one of the major metropolitan centers over there. Uh, whatever the case, it's uh, the world's. And I wonder if a guy like Tyler Myers recognizes that, hey, I probably won't have this opportunity uh, many more times if ever. And as I said, he's already done it. But, you know, at this stage of his career, take the family over there. Uh, as you said, kind of turn it into a little bit of a, a Euro vacation as well. A business trip, uh, but a business trip for the family. Uh, yeah, don't know what went into it, but uh, the Canuck quotient has doubled here in the last 24 hours on Team Canada.
0: You think Tyler Myers could play his way onto uh, Canada's Olympic team? Good showing?
1: I do not. <laughs> I just, there's something there that, no, I, I'm going to say No. and kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today.
0: A reminder, as we do these off-season pods, you can always hit us up with some Ask j questions, the Go Goat Sports inbox, seven seven eight four zero two ninety six eighty, 402 9680 or uh, just check out the post that we have at Rink Wide Van. We'll try to keep that one uh, on our timeline. And you can just reply underneath there, and we'll, we'll pick through it and try to answer some of these questions. A regular submitter is our buddy Strong Belly, who's been uh, sending us questions all season long, and he asks... If you could have been a fly on the wall during any Canucks player exit interview this season, who would it have been?
1: Hmm. I, I, I guess off the top of my head, I was going to say Besser, uh, but we've kind of heard from Rick talking about uh, some of the exchange there. Yeah. I, I, I guess I would go Kuzmenko just to sort of know what ultimately they charged him with for the off season. Uh, did you see the pictures the Canucks posted? I think he was down, was he in like Rio or somewhere or? Uh, he was taking in South American football, um, so he was making the rounds and uh, uh, looking like he was having some fun. Um, but hopefully he's uh, working out, not taking days off. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Oh, I, there I, it is. Yeah, I see the video now. Sorry. I yeah. would say, uh, I'd say Kuzmenko.
1: Um, you know, I mean, there are others, obviously, that uh, would be intriguing uh crafts off <laughs> what did they t- did he get one uh <laughs> did he get an exit meeting or did, <laughs> did they just trap door for him um but yeah probably kuzmenko just uh because there was the the love but you know the tough love the smiles but were the smiles hiding you know like we never really kind of got to the his exit thing and the podium on that last day you know we didn't get anywhere uh, with him. So I, I would say Kuzmenko. Uh,
0: for me, it's Besser, but I, you're right. Like we have sort of uh, heard a bit from Rick Talkett, but, you know, just to see, I, I wonder where the organization is with, with Brock Besser, right? Because I think that everybody understands that, you know, he is one of the fan favorites in town, but at the same time too, he's also underproducing. And, you know, is there any sort of value in this player? Do they think that they can get this player to the next level? I know we've unpacked all of that. on previous episodes but yeah yeah to me it would be better, and i'm very intrigued uh, to see exactly you know what happens with him this offseason and whether he is a vancouver canuck uh, come september
1: And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome.
0: The Required Vancouver is presented by Bowdog Sports Odds, Poker Tips, Free Casino Games. Make a play today. They're playing playoff hockey. Round two kicked off last night. J Pat, uh, Leafs getting stunned? Question mark by the Panthers, 4 um, 2 yeah. on home ice.
1: I mean, that is question mark. You're right. Uh, yeah. Uh man, like I just every game that goes by like I'm I'm a bigger member of the Brandon Montour fan club. Right. Uh you know me and defenseman goals and yeah. he's up to 6 now. Quinn Hughes led the Canucks all regular season with 7. This guy's got 6 uh after the first round and one game of round 2. Uh and he had an incredible season and and you know I I don't know if we discussed this but I I've talked to somebody about like you look at the Panthers and I think a lot of people look at the offense and they've got a ton of it and some forward depth but montour gustav forsling and aaron ekblad is now like you know the third guy on that defensive jet yep chart and and i like has low-hanging fruit i probably shouldn't have but i you know tweeted out about gustav forsling and can the canucks have him back now uh water under the bridge oh, it, I, I people get go it. at you on that one or Oh yeah what? and i and i i get it like he has become a player that absolutely the Canucks hoped that he was going to be. He was a fifth round pick too in uh, 2014, and you know an example of defenseman taking a little longer to develop. He's 26, like a 26 year old defenseman playing 25 minutes in the playoffs, had 40 points in the regular season, and so what a luxury. I mean, Forsling has emerged, Montour takes over games, and then you've got oh yeah Ekblad, you know a first overall pick in his draft class as your. the the third guy on your defensive depth chart. And then you got veterans in Mark Stahl and, and Radko Gudis and, you know, they fill their roles as well. So.
0: Radko uh, Gudis is frightening. His beard (laughs) alone is frightening right like he's just got that i'm going to kick your ass look on his Playoff face beard all times all year round
1: but uh yeah oh, and
0: it's so perfectly done too like i'd like to know who who does that for him but I know, yeah like no brent, he's intimidating
1: brent, brent burns beard yeah. is like uh just uh it's a all over the place and you're right like he's got the shiny yeah. it's very well Oh no, no there's yeah. some beard oil is involved there there's no question <laughs>
0: You know one thing I noticed um with this series so far is that the ice is um a little more open when it comes to the Panthers and Leafs as it was for the Leafs and the Lightning. The Lightning are one of those teams that really, you know, suffocate that neutral zone. Don't let you don't allow you into the zone very well, whereas Florida just forechecks like crazy. So yeah. the Leafs defense is going to take a beating in this series and see if they can hold up. Didn't love that goal in the breakaway. I know it's a breakaway, so it's tough for Samsonoff, but didn't love that goal. But see if the Leafs can rebound in uh, game two. See if the Stars can rebound in game two as well. What's up with this Kraken team? I mean, I know Joe Pavelski had the four-goal game, which is phenomenal considering uh, he just returned as well. But the Kraken, they just, they don't go away. They're like a kakaroche. They will not die. And Yanni Gord with the OT winner.
1: Yeah, and the, I mean, the three goals in minute span like that was breathtaking like it i mean you know dallas opens the score and you're thinking okay for the first time in these playoffs the kraken are trailing in a hockey game at you know one nothing it was the first time they hadn't scored the first goal how are they going to react and you know they they don't go quietly obviously and and then they just flip the script in a hurry and at four to two it looked like they were home and cooled out and give dallas particularly pavelski credit four goals coming back from injury what a story that like if he had capped it with all five of his team's goals, like just you know, right? insane. Uh, I tweeted out, you probably saw it. Like they've got the weird camera angles there in Dallas. And there was the one guy that like kept standing up with yeah, the, the big beer. tall boy. And like, honestly, if the stars had scored at that end of the ice, like I'm sure that guy would have been on his feet and we probably wouldn't have seen the goal. Like, hey, I got it. Hey, it's can,
0: Texas. They drink tall boys down oh, there.
1: My, yeah. And, and like, but I don't know what they can do about it. That's the camera angle. It's a little lower than it is in most places. But uh, yeah, beer guy, uh, he was interv- interfering with my view. Uh, bit of a crazy winner, but sometimes that's the case in the playoffs. Uh, that You know, the, the long shot and Andre kind of punches it back out into the slot. He had a chance to direct it to the corner, um, but the stars also had a chance to grab it and clear it and they couldn't. And ultimately Yanni Gord uh, was the guy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Seattle team continues to spread the scoring. Uh, and you know, as long as they've got guys that are productive, then they're going to be handful for anybody. And, and, you know, they sort of stick to their script. They know, talk about a team that knows its identity and just doesn't veer from it. Uh, and that's impressive. Like there's some real discipline there. um, uh, You know, not getting ahead of yourself at all in the playoffs. And it's one win. Dallas lost the first one against Minnesota in double overtime and then came back and stormed the wild. So, you know, I'm not writing the stars off, but, uh, you know, we all kind of thought that uh, Jake Odger was the best goaltender in the first round and looked pretty ordinary, uh, certainly in that span in the first period. But then, you know, he gave up four. Then he closed the door and allowed his team a chance to come back in that hockey game. So, yeah, it'll be kind of curious to see uh, where the stars go, where they, I mean, obviously, delighted to have Pavelski back. They just need some others to uh, to introduce themselves into this series.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too because a lot of people talking about the goaltending for the Kraken going into the playoffs. The goaltending has been very good. And good. Yeah. Phil Grubauer was good uh, last night, but uh, yeah, love seeing those five four games though. Those are those are very you know, it's better than a two one, three two. Like, it well, was that
1: overtime goal for
0: fun. Like, yeah, there were yeah.
1: chances, Dallas had a bunch of chances to put them away. and when you get your opportunities you got to make the most of them but uh, there was no sitting back in overtime like they were trading some chances and uh, again good on the Kraken for for fighting away tonight's going to be very fast with the games i think so yeah. <laughs> it's
0: going to look like you're on fast forward of course uh with mcdavid and the Oilers facing off against the Golden Knights and then Carolina against New Jersey. Very fast series in those ones. So looking forward to those games uh, tonight, kicking off game one of the second round. Our uh, Bodog uh, best bet or my Bodog best bet today is the Abbotsford Canucks, J-Pat, mm-hmm. who are yep. in action tonight. It's basically a pick em. They got them at minus 115 on the money line. Uh, same with the Wranglers in game three. Of course, Calgary is up 2-0 in the series, but Abby, uh, both games have gone to overtime, so Abby's been right there in both of them. I like them tonight. I like them to extend the series, uh, take them on the money line, minus 115. And of course, you're going to be out there for a little playoff action.
1: I am. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we saw the Canucks preseason game against the Oilers In Abbotsford, I have not uh, been able to get to a game uh, since then. So uh, I haven't seen an Abbey Canucks game this year, but uh, looking forward to hopefully it uh, is not the last game of the season for them. You know, I I think both teams probably can feel pretty good about their positions. Calgary, the better team, the higher seed, took care of home ice. They're, you know, one win away from advancing. And they probably say, oh, we haven't played our best hockey yet. If you're Abbotsford, you've played them tough twice, you've got the series now in your backyard. Yeah, you're down to nothing. But I think these guys can feel fairly confident. Uh special teams have been such a massive factor in this series and not in Abbotsford's favor. So if they can stay out of the penalty box, talking to you, Niels Hoglander. Uh, <laughs> but then on the Power play, talking to you, Neil Soglander, um, you know, if they can make something happen with the man advantage and can just show a little more discipline, then, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think that uh, they can't get this thing right and, and get a win and get back into the series and plant a seed of doubt uh, in the Wranglers' minds collectively. So, uh, yeah, I am looking forward to it. Uh, we'll be heading out to Abby. If anybody listens to this pod and they're out there, uh, you see me in the concourse, uh, say Hi. Uh, and we will have a full breakdown, and uh, you'll hear from Jeremy Colleton and some others, uh, whether it's the last game of the season or whether uh, they have uh, stayed alive and forced a game four on Friday night. We'll break it all down for you on the Thursday version. Rink-wide.
0: Listen, if you want a selfie, though, there's a handler that'll be with j They true, can yes. take the money. They do e-transfers, all that stuff. So don't worry. You'll get yours. Just You, you got to pay. Uh, what are you hearing about goaltending tonight? Uh, have you heard anything? Uh, I know they've been sort of doing the rotation thing, but Martin or Seeloft's tonight? Do you know?
1: Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. And it has been a rotation. Uh, It was a rotation in that first round. They each got a win against Bakersfield. They've both suffered an overtime loss. Martin got the start in game one. Silov's in game two. Uh, I've made it pretty clear that I just think, you know, Silov's was your MVP. The chips are down. You're back to the wall. All the hockey cliches apply. It it would feel odd to me to go away from your team MVP in this moment, but both Martin and Silov's, there really isn't much to pick. I mean, they, they both can perform and perform well at the AHL level. I think Jeremy Colleton has shown that he's comfortable with both of those guys. It just feels to me like if you're trying to get experience of big game experience that can serve Arthur Solovs well and maybe the organization well moving forward, like to me, I would lean on your team MVP, but I don't make the call. Colleton has not uh, uh, asked for any advice from me and uh, probably won't. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait till warm up, I would imagine, uh, to see who leads the Canucks out onto the ice tonight.
0: Well he'll see you in the building tonight and then he'll know. He's like, Oh, okay, J Pat's here. I can now I can lean
1: on him. Yeah. As long as I get there in time, uh, you know, like a traffic <laughs> issue. Traffic uh, always a bit yeah. of an issue, but uh, North
0: Van to Abbotsford, that's gonna take what? You should probably leave now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's eleven AM as we record this. All right. Well, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll see if the Abbotsford Canucks can extend the series. And of course, we'll be watching some NHL hockey tonight as well. It's been another edition of the Rink Wide Vancouver Podcast, presented by Bow Dog for Jeff Patterson. I'm Andrew Watt. Remember, Rink Wide is the show. Good night.